Well, greetings, and welcome back to Say Something Interesting, the weekly follow-up podcast from East Lake Tri-Cities that carries on about what we talked about on Sunday, and also just a darn good old time with Brent and Margot. Here, as always, with me is Margot and hey myself. We are both pastors at East Lake Tri-Cities in Eastern Washington. We are pumped that you found this podcast somehow and are taking the time to listen to it. I know there's a lot of things competing for your time on your long drive home or working out or falling asleep or whatever it is that you're doing right now. We're glad you tuned in. We got a lot of stuff planned for you today. Uh, we just uh, had a guest speaker on Sunday do a little video thing. We are in summer mode, full fledged summer mode, uh, but it's coming to a close, Margot. It's it's uh, it's closing I hope fast. So. 107 is the high. There's like a heat advisory today, you guys. For those of you outside of the Tri Cities, there's forest fires in the north and in the south, so we're a little bit smoky. It's also 105 degrees. Air quality is low, and I'm not really building a case for coming to visit the Tri Cities. It's I love the summers here. Um, so even but with all that, our spring starts in like February, so that's kind of magical. Yeah, it is magical. Uh, but my softball games did get canceled officially. I got the phone call about two hours ago. No softball tonight. Are you at like the Can't point breathe. in your life where when plans get canceled, you're not really mad about it? Oh, I was, I was thrilled. Gonna... <laughs> Are you kidding me? I literally. Because I'm totally there. Like, oh no, you can't yeah. hang oh, out. Oh, what? So I have nothing to do tonight. I slink oh. back into my PJs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sorry, guys. I had to email, text all the guys, and say, "Sorry, guys. Find something else to do tonight." And I did it with like a grin. Like, I don't know when the games will be rescheduled, or even if they will be. Here we go. You know what I mean? But uh, no, totally. <laughs> Love it. Um, so anyways, uh, I had a chance to go do something this weekend. I don't know what your weekend was like, and this is not like a, we oh, come I back and my weekend was like. brag our, about our weekends <laughs> or whatever, but if you haven't had a chance to kind of do something fun, uh, before summer's out, listen, you got about four weeks left before school starts 29 days for those of you keeping track at home and, and you have somebody, not a kindergartner. Uh, so there's a limited time amount left. And, uh, this last weekend I got a chance to go take Grayson out camping with, uh, couple of his little buddies it was father-son camping trip three dads three kids uh we got to go over to the toucanon area the making of a disney movie oh it could have been a movie you (laughs) you have no idea i already asked him before he left what character he was i'm like are you the adam sandler are you the kevin hart are you (laughs) (laughs) uh mccoy and his son levi and philip snyder and his son grady and so we went up friday night uh, or Friday afternoon, we, we we drove up there and found this great spot, and it was awesome spot, by the way. It had like a little creek that went through the back of it. It was so super shaded, which is great. So you're going to have to slip Brent a $5 bill to get info? If, I'm telling you, this was a phenomenal spot because lots of protection, lots of privacy, and then the little creek was fun enough for the boys to go play in, like soak their feet in, but like not enough where I'm like worried about them you know, being dangerous or whatever, I would go back and camp here any day of the week. It was amazing, amazing. Now, the fishing sucked. We didn't even get a bite, but uh, the actual campground was phenomenal. Uh, But uh, so fun, quick side story about that before we move on, because I think... uh, so the moral of the story is you should go camping up at the Tucannon. It's it's pretty fun. It's right past the last resort. We went to the uh, actual Tucannon Forest Service campground thing because we wanted to have a fire, and it was burnt, ban burn on... Ban burn? Burn ban? Burn ban. That's the right word. Uh, burn ban on the uh, on the rest of the sites. But you could do this. They had these like giant fire rings that were like two feet tall on the walls. <laughs> They're like, we're definitely not burning anything down. The first night we were there, the only night we were there, excuse me, uh, Philip breaks out this queso dip. Like the, you know, like the queso dip that doesn't need to be refrigerated. You know what I'm talking so, about? So full of preservatives. Oh, I'm sure. It's like gross, right? Breaks this thing open and uh, I, we're starving. So, and I... I'll be, I'm like, I'll be honest with you. I like queso dip. I'm in. I'm in for that. Yolks con queso. 
Uh, no, 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 no. This was no, like... No, no, but I'm saying oh, yolks okay. con queso it's rocked good. my world. Yeah, no, that's good. I've had that before. This was uh, Nally. No, no, no. Totino's. I don't know what it was. Tostino's. It's on <laughs> a shelf. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Breaks out the chips, and I am, I am hungry enough to dive into this, and we start consuming. Then I sneak away to go put up... Sneak away. I walk away to go put up my tent and get all the stuff ready. I come back about, I don't know, 20 minutes later, and Philip has taken a can of Nally chili... Do you know what Nally chili is? Like the can of chili? It's just like canned chili, right? So bad. <laughs> bad. Puts it into the queso dip to make like a chili cheese dip. But this Nally chili is not heated up. It's not cooked. It's just raw off the shelf. Neither of them have been refrigerated. Neither of them have been cooked. Combines the two of them into this chili cheese dip, which then we're like, both Corey and I look at each other like, are we really going to eat this? Like, is this is this appropriate? Like, I don't, I don't you know, even my know. My question would be, what are the bathroom facilities like here? Not great. Not great. It's, better, not, it's not like log in a hole. Better for dudes than for women, if you know what yeah. I mean. <laughs> Plenty of trees. Um, and plus you're eating like plastic cheese. So you're, you're getting the blocked up for the other thing. So anywho... Uh, so we're eating, but you know what? You're camping, so you're like, whatever. Like, like my standards are so low. The wives low right aren't now. here to scold you, or here's how low my standards are. We start eating this chili cheese thing, and it's not terrible, right? All right. Then what happens is we stay up all night playing cards by the campfire, roasting s'mores, having a great time. We go to bed, hardly sleep at all. Wake up and uh, out camp and doing that kind of thing. That in that camp mode again, and uh, we're trying to figure out breakfast wise option. Philip breaks out the chili cheese queso dip that was not, was the cap was put on it. So like you got that going for you, but it was not in the cooler with the ice all night. It was literally just sitting out on the counter and he starts diving in. And I, and I say, Philip, I have very low standards when it comes to camping, but not that low. <laughs> That is incredibly low. I thought it was going to like put it in an omelet or something. I feel terrible for your gut right now. And (laughs) the entire drive home, we are getting updates from Philip about where he was at in terms of needing us to stop and use a restroom. And uh, he was was thankful for the seat that he was sitting on to be able to keep it all tucked in. It was rather, I'm being gross right now, but I'm not like being facetious or lying or expanding on anything. This is who I hang out with and influence my son. Core part of Eastlake Church. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh! So and all, all that to say, camping was great. It actually got really cold at night because uh, it's like in a canyon thing, but uh, it was it was a lot of fun. So if you haven't had a chance to take the kids up camping, go check it out. Don't bring your fishing pole. They have ponds there, but they're not stocked right now. They're super lame. It was waste. Probably of time. end of the summer, so they're not restocking them. Totally, totally. How was your weekend? It was good. Yeah, uh, I told you. It had an unexpected turn of events. Yes, uh, please expand influ- for these people. Influence by Netflix is a real thing for all you couples out there. Uh, I got bored, and I remember you from way back in a podcast day saying that you checked out the new season. Now there's now they're on like season two or season three of uh, the new revamp of Queer Eye, uh, which is essentially a makeover show. And I was like, you know what, like. I'm bored. I like makeovers. And the show I was referring to was one where it was like a, a dad from a really conservative yeah, Christian background. Yeah, and most background. of them are like not who you would think would sign up for. And these guys come in and they're like like the tension of him like straight up saying, 
hey, I, I I don't believe in your lifestyle. Thanks, but thanks for coming and doing this kind of thing. And and it was it was crazy to watch both of them kind of toe the line on what how we're supposed to operate and treat the other person or whatever. But. Communication and reconciliation in several episodes. One of them is like one of the guys that doesn't make overs is black and they're making over this white rural cop. And so they're able to have like a good dialogue there. Yeah. The show like has really surprised me. And I, I don't they really. They know what they're doing. Like they know the tension points and they're kind of like leaning into those. Yeah, Because they're, they're realizing we have a platform and we're yeah. not going to go run wild with it. We're going to bring both points of view to the table and like learn how to live like that and walk it. And I think that's great. I think that's. And they've taken uh far more like typical American families and are doing the, the makeovers with them, which I think probably brings it more home a little bit. Cause I think you feel some like of the you previous know ones, people. exactly. It feels like this is somebody that I know. This is my uncle or my cousin or whatever. Whereas previously it was, it felt like city, city folk, them city folk. <laughs> um, it felt like people who were like, like, do they need to make, I mean, I don't know. It was just different. It felt very urban. And this one feels like more like everyday America. If, yeah. I, if I had to put a finger on it. And uh, I like it because I don't remember the first the first version of it, but I like, in my head, I thought it was just like a clothing and hair makeover, but I like that they teach him how to cook recipes. Like I've gotten some cool little recipe ideas from it. Um, they remake their house, which I'm like, dang, this is like a significant amount of money that they're And that's new. They didn't people. do that in the other one. It used to be just like, yeah, your, your which wardrobe I like, and your I design. love that aspect of it. Right. So it's good. It's entertaining. I'm moving on to my point, which is I was watching, I was binging several episodes and my husband, because you know he gets to pick the movies usually in the shows, he decided to pass the torch to me and say, do you want to watch, like I'll watch an episode with you, which I was like, great. And it was about this stand-up comedian that was living in his parents' basement. And it was awesome. <laughs> and so we're watching it and ladies this is this is when the magic happened the episode ended we went to bed the next day he sends me a text saying do you want to pick me up from work and take me straight over to steadfast i want to get a haircut and yeah. a beard trim and i'm like yes Ooh. a hundred times yes because normally it's like pulling teeth to get him to do a haircut because he complains the line is long i'm like but they're great at what they do i remember he stuff. got one right before you guys got married too right that, and it was like a big deal that's probably like the second to last haircut he's yeah. got <laughs> so i was super excited for it and i let him pick the haircut yeah. Now that he's watched the show and kind of like he was really impressed with like how good they made this. Yeah. Guy look. And the Seahawks logo shaved in the back of his head looks better <laughs> on him than it does in the pictures. Not so, that's, so much. That's <laughs> super great. It was actually funny. He picked a picture of Zac Efron as his uh, <laughs> and the guy was like, this is this is like you before. Right. Like they were giving him such a hard time. Oh, That's my favorite story about Gary, too. <laughs> oh, Gary no. brought in a picture of Justin Bieber. When he had some hair like that, and, and he showed it to his hairdresser. Probably, they've seen everything. And she, she looked at him, and she goes, Gary, I have to be honest. <laughs> your hair doesn't grow like this, oh, right? Like, that's, you're that's Asian. Good. like that. It's like different style. It's a different yeah, way. Hair like texture, there's, yeah. Yeah, there's different texture. You're, it's so full. Like, I can't. I can't, I can't do that. This, this is not a reality for you. You know what I mean? Kind of like growing up and you're like, I don't have the DNA to play in the NBA. I yeah. just got to figure that out. You yeah. know what I mean? And I got to figure out what I'm good at. So, so he, he went for the haircut. He even went, like I talked him into doing the beard shape up too, because Ooh, man. It, was, it was looking a little castaway. Sure. So we got that all like nice and tidy. And I was just shocked. My biggest goal was just to get him out of wearing a baseball cap every day. Yeah. And his whole thing was like, well, it's just an awkward length. And I hate having hair in my face. So I'm like, now it's short. You don't need to wear a baseball cap. And it's great. And we both are loving life. So that was step Note one. Note to the, our audience, Margo's wearing a baseball cap today. Yeah. yeah. It's totally fine. I do it like once 
a week right. maybe. He right. does. He did it like all day every day. Yeah. So, uh, so we went from the haircut place. And then he's like, you know what? Like, I could really use some better clothes. And so we oh, dude. we don't have like cashola. Like, we're saving up. We got some stuff in in the works. We're going on vacation. We don't have the money to spend. So he's like, let's go like thrifting. And I was like, all right. And it's hard to shop for clothes for him just because he's like six foot five and right. like big broad guy. Yep. Uh, so. I wasn't sure how much luck we'd have, but we went to not one, but two different thrift stores across the Tri-Cities, and he found some, like, really good-looking stuff. And then he's... So we got home. He's like, you want to do a fashion show, right? He's going to be so mad at me for sharing all this. I love it. So we brought all of the clothes in his closet down. We went through all the stuff that doesn't fit anymore and has oh. holes. We got rid of it. And then he's you like... You played music, too, didn't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I didn't... Yeah, I'm not going to say what song I played. But Come on, tell <laughs> no, us. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> you had to paint the okay, picture in your mind. Okay, everybody, you have to guess... You got to guess what song Margot played. Tell me on Sunday and I'll say if you're right. Post it on our social media. Find <laughs> us and say, was it this? Margot, you promised to say yes or no? Yes. Okay. She will say yes or no. If you get it right, she'll say yes. And then we'll all celebrate together. So we, and then, oh, I forgot. Is it we when did... a man loves a woman? You have to tell me that no. now. Okay. Keep going. So we went to two thrift stores. Then we went to Target. Because I said Target has a new line for men's clothing that's really decent. And I think... Uh, I know online they have big and tall, but I think in store you might be able to fit in Chip like gains, to the big top and tall. End. Absolutely. So we went over kidding, and we no got idea. two new pairs of pants for him. And I asked him in the parking lot with these pairs of jeans. When was the last time you bought not for work because he has to wear like really trashy clothes for work because what he does? Yeah. When's the last time you bought a new item of clothing for yourself? And his best guess was six to seven years ago. Oh. Matt. So I'm like, I was just so happy for him in that moment. Yeah. Like it was a celebration. So we got home and we were matching outfits together uh-huh. and like all these things. And he looks so good. He looks so great. And he's like, moral of the story, I just need you to pick out my clothes for me. And I'm like, I don't want to be your mom, but like, you'll figure this out on your own. Cause and I missed it. I didn't even notice on Sunday. I should have said something. He picked his most safe outfit on sunday oh, okay. the one that was most similar to his previous style sure yeah but you, it was so you gotta hot slowly get care. into that thing yeah you can't just show up wearing skinny it, jeans because i'm gonna notice that they're not skinny they're slim Sli- which is well, a big deal for him yeah absolutely so yeah and I, that, I think that's a big part of why he didn't wear like the total outfit is because most of it is jeans based and we still have an ac that doesn't work so i don't really blame him for yeah. wearing shorts yeah so, ladies, you. just casually slip in yeah. an episode of Queer hey, Eye. let's watch this show real quick. It used to be called Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. But they did. And like then they dropped that last part of it. And, so, yeah. yeah. And then if, you, so if you're like, I think I remember that show. That was the first round of it. Because I was thinking, what was that show? What was the title of it before? Mm-hmm. And now it's a little bit different. And, that's on, and it is on Netflix now. It used to be on TLC, I think, or Bravo or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. And uh, so now it's a lot more accessible with... Uh, with Netflix, which is also going to be true for my Say Something Interesting later on. Anyways. So we just spent so much time talking about Matt's fashion sense. Oh, and and, and worthy time as well. Hey, we had a guest speaker, our one of our external advisors, uh, Jeremiah Curran uh, from Westbridge Church in St. Michael, Minnesota, just outside of St. Paul, Minnesota. He filmed a message specifically for us a few weeks ago. Um, my video showed at his church on Sunday, and then he showed it at ours, so it was kind of a cool uh, same day, same time type thing. Uh, and uh, anyways, uh, it was a, a message on like this idea of Where's Waldo, that God is... Uh, right he, in front he, of he, us. He talked the yet. concept of, of Where's Waldo. And you know he put those pictures up on the screen, and it was way too fast. I was like, 
I actually would, I would not rather, giving us a fair chance. Yeah, here. I would rather you stop talking and let me look for like a few minutes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Not like your message is bad. I just need to be able to like you. You created this challenge and then you don't give me an opportunity to actually Mr. perform the challenge, right? Um, and uh, then he he used the word that he's not hiding. But then then he said later he's hiding in plain sight, which I think is a better is a better way of phrasing it. He is hi- he is hiding like not intentionally, but the the fact is that he's you, you got to look for him, but it's in plain sight. It's always. It's always well. You're not going to notice him until you're intentionally. You're not going to like necessarily just like stumble across a god moment. Yeah. And and do you remember as a kid when you would look through those Where's Waldo things and you would find it and you would know exactly where it is. And once you know where it is in the booklet, like it becomes very obvious. And so then you show it to your friends and you're like, "Can you find him?" And you think it's so funny that they have such a tough time, such a struggle. I can't believe that you can't find him. It's so easy. It's so like I can hear my daughter's voice doing that to me. Jovi, right now. no, Jovi, London. no, Jovi would do it though. She's the person that says, "Guess what hand it's in," and then switches oh, it. So you're she always, always does wrong. that. Yeah, are my, are my eyes open or are they not? And whatever I say, I'm wrong all the time. But with London, her her concept of. I cannot believe that you can't see it. It seems so obvious to or me now. If you've seen the movie and you know there's a twist, and you're like, you didn't know the twist, yeah. you're like, but you've seen it, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so got that in, in there, and then and then he went through basically kind of five different areas uh, where God can be kind of hiding in plain sight in all of these different things. I wrote them down. Uh, I think I got them all correct. Uh, beauty of creation, acts of compassion, biblical community, time spent in prayer, and the life and teachings of Jesus. Um, Obviously, I think depending on your personality and your kind of makeup as a person and uh, how you connect. I mean, I know people who uh, definitely associate one more than the others. And I think everybody, I don't think anybody does it five, five equally. Uh, but there are definitely some people who beauty of creation for them. And I would think, I think with you, I and mean, we've talked about your Enneagram 4-ness um, of being a creative, probably this would be your thing, right? Like you go out into the wilderness hikes and take the photos and do the things. And for you, that's the connection point. Like for me. I love that. Right. And uh, I feel like. Out of all of them, that is the one I feel like has the most doorways into people that are not in love with church culture. Because yeah. a lot of those people are the people that are hiking every weekend and doing these things. So I feel like that's one of the best ones that he, right. that he shared personally. Yeah. <laughs> I I uh, like that. I like doing those things, but I don't stand in awe of creation as much. You, you know what I mean? Like I'm more like, uh, that's really cool. I can't believe that. Let's go on. Let's do something different. Uh, or I don't think that that's the most obvious for me about that there is a God who exists or I don't know, or that you can know him. Yeah, you like live that. in the most beautiful part of the country. <gasps> Thanks, Margo. We do. Take it for um, granted. I probably do. I've been a Pacific Northwesterner my whole life. I, I was trying to explain else. that to Matt. Just pull up. If you guys are bored, just Google... Like USA National Parks map. And if you look at where all of the national parks are in America, I'd say 90%, 95% of them are on the West Coast. Right. Like you guys, we have like all the cities just because people came to the East Coast That's where they faster. First and they don't leave. And then, yeah. And like, so if you're into like the urban majesty, <laughs> yeah. Like East Coast maybe, but like in terms of natural getaways, like West Coast has so much and a diversity too. Yeah. Yep. Uh, n- number two, I think number two for me probably has number two and three are probably the top two. Uh, for for where I connect most or when when I feel closest to God or when I feel the most 
religious or spiritual or whatever you want to call it, right? The acts of compassion and then the biblical community. Um, when I'm giving myself away through some sort of service and I feel good about it, right? I do it not because it's like this altruistic, I'm doing it for just the sake of being a good person. Um, I feel a closest connection to what God would want me to be doing when I'm doing this type and of thing. And he gave a shout out to Salvation Army. So I love that. He said, when you're ringing the Salvation Army bell. I heard that. Yeah. Like, whoop, whoop. Yeah. Margo's in the back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the idea of biblical community, which is, uh, you know, you need some friends in your life with refrigerator rights. You need to have uh, the people who you're not related to, so you don't owe them like this familial obligation, but like they're they're so close that you've got the connection, right? Um, to be able to uh, make that happen. And because we're not doing softball tonight, we're going to go hang with some of our refrigerators, right? And I'm going to go, th- it's going to be at their house because it always is. And uh, I'm going to go through their fridge and I'm going to take stuff and I'm not going to ask. I'm just going to do it. You know what I mean? And they are the closest, you know, some of the closest friends that we have to be able to kind of con. Uh, and I think that like when you're in a church environment, that is a natural reaction is to create that type of community. Because um, I feel like when you're in church, there's a level of humility because you're like, we all have stuff to work on. And that's why we come to church is to to encourage each other and to to dig into to some truth that we know we need to dig into and lean into, you know, resist our natural urge to be a little lazy in some areas of our life. And instead, like, let's listen to this together so we can pump ourselves up to go back out. And I, I had a moment where I was really encouraged for someone else in terms of community. Uh, there's a couple that has, that has been kicking the tires of Christianity since they started coming. I'm not going to mention them by name, but they're great people. Soup. They love to serve. They love to be in community and all these things. Um, uh, and they're just, they're still like kicking the tires on the, the Christian thing, but they, they love what church has offered them in terms of community and right. involvement and opportunity to serve. Uh, and recently they, they asked the highest tier of friendship, right? Which is we need help moving. Yeah. And I realized guys, we, we were out there, you were out there is that everyone that was there are people that they met at church. Yeah. And I'm like, these are people that have been in this community, this community at large, the Tri-Cities community for, you know, for forever. And yet like the people that they knew they could call on to, to help was this church community. So to me, that was encouraging. I yeah. Like, I don't like, and I think I even mentioned it to them at one point being like, how cool is it that like a year ago, like you didn't have this tribe of people that were like, I got you. Cause they were in some predicaments that made it really hard for them to do everything on their own. Yeah. So, um, I love that we're creating spaces for people to be vulnerable and to lean on each other. And I think that's really cool. Like yeah. even if like the God thing is something you're still working out to know that community is still possible for you. You know, what's interesting is as I look at the, these five, I can kind of see how a church or churches that I've been a part of like are lean, lean heavy in, in one of these directions. Like Salvation Army is all compassion. They like, could, that's a compassion sort of ministry, right? Yeah. Um, you've got the, like, Erwin McManus Church down in California, Mosaic Church, which is, like, the beauty of creation. Like, even just in his talks, it's always he is just very like much a, of the majesty of creation. A beacon for all the, right. the creative types. Louis Giglio there. in Atlanta, same thing, right? Um, time spent in prayer. I mean, like, this whole idea of, um, like, daily devotions or daily disciplines. I mean, think about how classic that has been. Like, that's probably been the, or like the major default orders for people. Or, yeah. yeah. 
uh, biblical community, some church that's like really heavy into small groups. Um, like that's what you do. You get into small. We don't even care if you go on Sunday morning. You do small groups, mm-hmm. uh, and then life and teaching Jesus. I mean, that, that obviously the the preaching, the weekend service. That's always a, a big thing for a lot of churches. But I can I can definitely see how you uh, like you could almost put a different church in, in any of these categories. Whereas I think you know, the point that Jeremiah was trying to make in this thing is there's there's room in this for all of these things. Like it should you should have some sort of connection at some level to all of these. However, your personality is going to shape you into probably a certain one, right? One's going to be more meaningful. But if I'm never in awe of the beauty of creation, or if I'm never, if I never spend time in sort of a, like a daily discipline of prayer or uh, or uh, like meditation or something, like if that's like not on my radar completely, I'm probably missing out on on something. You know what I mean? It's not fully there. Like I'm robbing myself of an avenue or an opportunity to connect with God in that way. I feel like people that are searching for like, is God out there? Is God real? Is God an important thing to incorporate in my life? Uh, they look for stability in that. They look for assurance in that. And I feel like, like, let's put like absolute faith. Let's use the analogy of it's a tent. All of these are different tent pegs to help keep your faith secured to the ground. So if you're not doing all these things, like it's not going to be disaster, but you're going to find yourself being shaken up and kind of moved around a little bit. Because when you're when you're connected to all these things, when I'm when I'm in prayer, when I'm spending time appreciating God's creation, when I'm surrounding myself with community, when I'm doing all these things, when I'm like understanding the life of Jesus from the accounts of what he's doing. Like it, it keeps me secure to the ground. It keeps me from getting blown away or swept away from other things when they come. Mm -hmm. So the more that, the more that you, I'm not saying like everyone do everything all the time, but find your balance, but at least like have your pinky toe and all of these things. Cause I think there's a benefit to that. Yeah. And then I think, uh, finding the, resources that align with that too. Like there's going to be some things out there. There's going to be some certain avenues that are better suited for, um, for connecting that way than others. Uh, you mentioned, I mentioned Erwin McManus, but you had mentioned the reason his name was on my mind is because you mentioned the artisan soul as a book. book. Yeah. As a resource for somebody who, for you leaning towards beauty creation type, you know, connection, sacred pathway is what a lot of people use the term for and i know for me it's that's the creation and the natural world thing it comes easy to me because i love being outside and i like painting and playing music but i love his book because it talks about his church is very creative creation focused and he says it's something that should appeal to everyone because everyone was created what he calls this artisan soul artisan being like craftsmanship right like an artisan loaf of bread versus wonder bread like you know that there was simple ingredients you know there was like a person behind it and not a machine and like we are handcrafted we are special and so he talks about how everyone thinks I'm not creative because I don't paint or I don't play an instrument what when really if we are made in the image of God who is a creator uh, then we are showing that creative heart when we are building machines and when we're writing blogs and when like craftsmanship goes into so many different things that are more than what we think of when we think of creative. So if that intrigues you, if you're like, man, I wish I was artistic or I wish I was creative and like, I don't see that part of myself then it's worth checking out his book, The Artisan Soul to see how it's so much more than that. Yeah, that's good. And then in terms of acts of compassion, I don't have a book resource for you right now, but what I do know is that uh, this fall we are planning. I, I'm I'm working on a 
uh, sermon series of sorts that's or like a campaign of sorts that we're going to do in the spring that is going to be kind of a follow-up to starting point because we feel like we really want to be, and we've said this for years, we want to be the church where that has an active presence in the community of like reaching out and volunteering. Like when people hear... When they, when they show up or they see something ha- good happening in the community through volunteering and they go, where do you guys come from? Where are you, where are you part of? And then when, when we were, would say, oh, we're part of the East Lake community or whatever, they would be like, oh, of course you are, right? Well, like we want that to be like the default where people immediately think, well, if you want to get involved in wearing love in our community and around the world, um, you know, that, that East Lake's a great opportunity. And I know that we, we just, uh, w- I think we're good, but we can be really great at that. We have a really great opportunity that, um, to do that better than anybody else in the Tri-Cities area, and I think we can make that happen. So, anyways, that's on the horizon and, uh, and moving forward. Any, anything else stand out to you about the message? Or, uh, yeah. Um, I think it's when he was talking about how people get into hard situations and they they ask the "Where's God in this?" and he he shared the story, which I remember even sharing in several series about the guy that like knows that God's going to help him, but the help comes and it's not what he expects. I think that is so relevant. I think that's something that we need to remind ourselves and remind others of is that we, we kind of put God to the test and we say like, I'm going through this hardship and God, you're going to like, God, you need to come through. And like, I need to call my, my heating company and find out that my bill's been paid. Like we know what we want God's help to look like. Um, and oftentimes when it doesn't look like exactly what the painter, the picture that we paint, when it doesn't look like that, we just write God off or we like, we either say he doesn't exist cause he didn't help me out or we get angry at him and hold, hold it against him. Uh, when really God usually is like offering us help, it just doesn't look like the picture that we've painted. So instead of like God paying our heating bill for us, maybe it's like someone that says, Hey, I have some yard work. Uh, do you want to come by after your job or this weekend and help me cut down and I'll give you a hundred bucks or something. like God is providing opportunities and providing way up and providing help and support for us. But it just, oftentimes we miss it. We miss the Waldo because it doesn't look like the picture we paint. And I feel like that's been so detrimental for so many people that are going through tough times. So just to, to keep yourself accountable when you think that God's not working in your situation or cares about your situation, that maybe you're not looking or in the right places or broadening your horizon to see what God is doing uh, in your life in this moment. Love it. Love it. Great. Hey, let's transition now to our, we like to close out all of our episodes with something that we have found interesting in life, something that we've watched, read, or experienced. And uh, I usually defer to you to go first because usually I'm thinking last minute, but I actually have a good one this week. So I'll go, go first and give you the time to be able to, to think about it and, and fine tune yours. Um, there was a sh- there's a show called Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. And it, like Queer Eye for the Sugar, it used to be on, it was like Crackle or some weird, like you could find it on YouTube. If you had the extra extended digital package on your cable, maybe you got it. Yeah, it was really hard to find. And now Netflix has it and it's really easy to find. And so I remember watching some of the first ones, really enjoying it, but then just accessibility. Like I just got tired of looking for it and I couldn't remember which site to go to. And now that it's on Netflix, it's super easy because it just, you know, obviously once the episode's done, it just goes back into the new one. Uh, and my wife has been watching it uh, on her own. She just kind of mentioned, like, if I was out later at softball or something like that, she would watch because they're twenty minute episodes, just enough time to, you know, not like like stay up long enough to feed the kid or or, or do whatever, but not like gonna keep me up all night. Uh, so perfect length, love it. 
And uh, so then I started watching them back with her again. And they're so good, Margot. I love them. I'm, I'm not really a car guy, so like that part doesn't interest me. But his conversations, his candid conversations with other comedians. It's really the other comedians that draw me in because, in all honesty, I love the show Seinfeld. But like his comedy, like his stand-up in the show... I, I think I can remember like one time even getting like a tiny chuckle out of it because yeah. I feel like his standup isn't the funniest, but I'm sure it's these candid conversations. But that are he great. is great. Yeah. Like I watch these episodes and I just walk away going, dude, Jerry Seinfeld is a legend. The guy is so good at his craft. He takes a job so seriously that I think could be taken very non-seriously and the amount of time he puts into it, but then also just his personhood. Uh, every time I walk away from his conversation with somebody else, I'm always like, dude, Jerry Seinfeld's just the man. He's the man on it. Um, so if you're looking to get started, because there's like, it's kind of overwhelming when you log in, you're like, there's all these really, really famous people on there, especially funny guys. Um, Jimmy Fallon's done one. Jim Gaffigan's done one. Jim Carrey did one. Uh, John Oliver. I watched John Oliver's the other night. Uh, but if you're going to start somewhere, I mean, you can start at the beginning if you wanted to, but you don't have to. With Obviously, these are all standalones. I highly recommend uh, Kristen Wiggs. Um, she did one the other day, um, and uh, they're in are LA. They, are they? T- do they tend to be like PG-13, just so people know? Uh, I mean, maybe some of them. Not hers. Um, and I just would so people know because I know some people are like, is this a watch after the kids go to bed or can I throw this on? And it's- I don't think it, I don't think your kids would be entertained by it, right? It's just too. There's not a lot of action and moving parts to it. Um, I would probably watch it after they go to bed because who knows? Um, but uh, but Kristen Wiggs is just so funny, and to hear her story about um, not finding out that she made SNL until four weeks into the season. Did you know that? Like she went over, tried out, met with Lauren Michaels. And they're like, okay, we'll give you a call next week or whatever. And then she just never got a call. And she, and then the show started, the season started, and she's like, oh, I guess I didn't get the job. And then four weeks in, they call her up and be like, hey, can you be here on Tuesday for next? And so then she walked into the set like, it's so crazy. And then she goes on to be like one of the best SNL performers ever. And to hear her talk about how she just she hit a wall and she got tired and she was like, I think I'm just done with characters. And you're like, but you're so flipping good at this. You know what I mean? It was awesome, and her bits were just funny. It was just a funny episode. You could tell that Jerry was genuinely having a good time. I think sometimes you you watch it, and you feel like Jerry uh, uh, is, I don't know, he's having a good time, but it's uh, he's funnier than the other person, and you can tell he judges people based on how funny they are. Like, it's so funny to watch. Like, I don't care how smart you are. And even he brings it up in, I think, the episode of John Oliver. Would you rather be smunny or smunny? Would you rather be funny or smart? And both of them go smart. I'd rather be funny. I'd rather be funny. I I, I cr- crave that more. And he's like, it, it kills me to be around people who aren't funny, who at the dinner table tell a story, and then the punchline sucks. And then everybody else is like, uh... <laughs> What did we do? And he's like, I feel so bad for that person. It's like my greatest fear. I would not want to be not funny. I think it's a great show. 20 minutes each time. Uh, great way to kill some time. So check out Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. It's on Netflix now, so super accessible. If you don't have Netflix, I don't even know what to tell you right now. So it's like now because <laughs> sometimes I say like, now oh, it's it comes on free with like phone yeah. plans. Oh, man. Come on, guys. Anyways. Already a friend's password. That's what the rest totally. of us are doing. Probably Margo's. She'll give it to you. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, so mine came from, there's a blog that I am absolutely in love with. Not Atlas Obscura, which I shared the other day. Uh, but there's this Got other. Got that ebook, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's this blog that I love and they have a Facebook page that's like also totally worth, like if you're not in the blog thing, but you know you're on Facebook, it's called Messy Nessie Chic. So M-E-S-S-Y-N-E-S-S-Y Chic. C-H-I-C. Uh, and it's they're based out of Paris. Everything's in English, though, like no fears. But they just share really cool, like, uh, they, they have a book that they put out called How to Not Be a Tourist in Paris. And it shows you all the offbeaten track, like, cool, like, down to, like, this street is beautiful. Just walk to this address and eat your baguette and, like, just Let's chill. be honest. It's Paris. Every street's beautiful. <laughs> Come on. But they have, like, really cool things that I've never heard of before. Yeah. And How many I'm, times have you been to Paris? Never. <gasps> I know. Margo. I know. And that's like You're one of the languages. You're my traveler friend. I know. And it's one of the languages I'm better at. So like that's, I know. Unbelievable. But I'm obsessed. Like I am obsessed with Paris. So I just love everything they share. But they also share stuff. They have an office in New York City now. So they've been sharing like crazy cool things in Brooklyn and places that I never heard of even like, you know, being in the city so much. Uh, but they also share stuff from around the world in Europe. And oftentimes it's like a history blog, like the hidden brothels of Blah, blah, blah. But it's like it's hilarious and insightful, and just they do a lot of stuff on the Belle Epoque, like the the Golden Age of Paris, and uh, a lot of cool blogs, a lot of like really interesting things, like castles that are falling apart, and they go inside and take all these photos so you can see like what they look like now and the history. And um, they post this is one I think from the American side of things. They posted this really cool photographer highlight like this is just things that i think are so interesting it's about this photographer named ryan weedman w-e-i-d-e-m-a-n and so you can google him and he was a new york city cab driver he moved from la to new york trying to get his photography going and was a cab driver because it's friggin' expensive to live in new york and he thought well i'm spending all my time driving this cab i might as well turn it into my photo studio so he has a collection of photographs uh, from the 80s. He says like he was doing it for 30 years of the same backseat of his cab with this old film camera and just the different characters, sometimes famous people, sometimes ladies of the night that walk the street. Just sure. like really fascinating time capsules of like New York from the like. And I didn't think New York in the 80s was too exciting, but these photographs are just brilliant. Uh, so look up his phot- photography or look up this blog uh, just to stay in the know on cool stuff. So like go that. to the blog and then the, and then look for Weidemann from there. Yes, or just Google. I'm sure he ha- there's like f- portfolios online of his work that I just think are like it's just really cool. Like someone that could have been crushed, you know, let his dream go by the the yeah. I can't afford to actually do what I want and instead married the two in a really unique and creative way. I think that's awesome. Awesome. I'm still blown away that you've never been to Paris. Well, you know, let's start a GoFundMe and I will go. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Matt's parents are going next year and they said if we could afford the flight, <gasps> we could go. They do room and board and everything. I just don't don't think it's in the cards. Oh, man. Kind of a bummer. GoFundMe.com slash Send Margo, Margo to, to Paris. Paris. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of Say Something Interesting. Hopefully uh, you found what we said to be interesting. And if you got some of your own ideas, feel free to connect with us on the socials. I am located at Brent Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-E-N. Margo is. On Instagram at Adventures and Caffeine. We would love to hear from you. And uh, hopefully you can join us next week for another episode of Say Something Interesting. See you guys. Bye.